Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. Some people may ask you, why do you fast for 40 days? Isn't that ancient and why do we care about that? The number 40 in scripture is a number of completion of one epoch beginning and one epoch ending. In today's readings, we have two of those 40 representations. One is in Genesis 9, Noah is going to wait 40 days and 40 nights in this mountain before he releases a raven. But the rain also falls for 40 days and 40 nights during the flood. So there's a period of completion, a period of waiting. We also know Moses lived 40 years in Egypt and he spends three periods of 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai. We also see that the Jews wander for 40 years in the desert before they arrive in the promised land. And then when they arrive in the promised land, they also have to live 40 years outside preparing to enter. So there is always a sense of preparation, of waiting. Jonah is going to preach 40 days in Nineveh. Goliath challenges the Israelites twice a day for 40 days until David arrives in the scene. Elijah walks 40 days and nights before he arrives in Mount Horeb. And the prophet Ezekiel is going to have 40 days where he is laying on his right side to symbolize the sins of Judah. So 40 is used as a number of one period beginning, one period ending, and it is used as a time of preparation. Jesus then fasts for 40 days in the desert. And we read that in the Gospel reading. The letter from Peter today, the first letter of Peter, reviews the letter of the story of Moses. Peter tells us that the story of the flood is sort of a foreshadowing of our baptism, that an old age ends the day that we are baptized, an old age that is ruled by sin and death, and a new one begins that is ruled by the righteousness of God being written in our hearts and by resurrection an eternal salvation. He is telling the Israelites of the time after Pentecost, Peter is reminding them how those stories of salvation from the Old Testament are being brought to fulfillment in Jesus. And that is what Mark says in today's reading after he tells the story of the desert really, really quickly, as I mentioned. John says these is the time of fulfillment. I'm sorry, Jesus says this is the time of fulfillment after his cousin John has been arrested. And he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. 
And what is the instruction? The first instruction that Jesus gives us as he begins his ministry, repent, turn around, align your life with God's ways. Yesterday's Psalm told us, Lord, blessed are, blessed are your ways, teach us your ways. And today's Psalm 25 tells us the same story. Your ways are love and truth, Father. Make them known to us. Teach us your truth. Guide us in your truth. You are our Savior. Show us the way. Show us the way. And that starts by recognizing we need a Savior. We need alignment. We can't do it alone. We don't want to do it with our own strength. We don't want to do it with our own intellect. We don't want to do it with our own wisdom. We want to do it with God's strength, putting on his armor. We want to do it with God's word, not our intellect. We want to do it with God's inspirations for what to do with the mission he entrusts, not with our own wisdom. He guides the humble to justice, says Psalm 25, and teaches the humble his way. The way of repentance is the way of humility, the way of recognition that we cannot do it alone. And that is why we go through these 40 days of Lent. It's a time of preparation. It's a time of alignment. It's a time of pr prayer, almsgiving, and fasting because we imitate the Lord and we want to find the strength not on our own, but on God's ways. So let us go to the throne and say, Father Almighty, your Son Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, spent 40 days of preparation for the great mission that you had entrusted him. We pray, Lord, that we may use fruitfully these 40 days of Lent as we prepare ourselves again for the, for the sacred Paschal Tridium that will come, that is the glory of our salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ that we may use this time to grow in virtue before your eyes, that we may delight you in the ways that we attack sin that wants to take hold of our lives, that we make a very specific plan for how we might grow on one specific virtue, that you show us the way today, Father, for us to know how to do that, for how to help our families live a better Lent we ask that you put a hedge of protection over our marriages, over our families, over our workplaces, over our cities, over our country, that the blood of Jesus Christ may cover us, our health, our spirit, our possessions, our finances, the ways that we entrust the mission you've given us to those that are helping us accomplish it. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We want to reflect today on the structure of the covenants in the history of salvation using the readings that we have. The first reading is from Genesis 9, and it tells us the story of Noah. And this story from the gospel is from the first chapter of Mark, where Jesus declares that his time has been fulfilled to begin his mission right after he comes of the 40 days in the desert fasting. We have to love how succinct Mark is. We are seeing verses 12 through 15. That means we are right at the beginning of his gospel writing. Unlike 
some of the other stories, Mark begins right with John the Baptist in the desert. And his writing is very Spartan. In today's description of Jesus' time in the desert, he says this, The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. In other readings of the Gospel, we see the details of Jesus' fight with the devil and actual use of scripture that he uses in that fight. But Mark doesn't give us that detail. He simply says he was among the beasts, the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. There's a lot of richness in that imagery. We see Jesus as this link between the wildness of the world and the heavenly realm. He comes to reconcile both in this tension that will be the, the driving force of us in our humanity, driven by our passions in the world and aspiring to spiritual, angelic, divine alignment. And Jesus shows us the way by going in the desert and fasting. There is a beautiful meditation today in the Magnificat from St. Maximus of Turin in the 5th century. He writes a beautiful meditation on the connection between Adam and his fall and Jesus, both of them in a garden, very different gardens. He tells us that Adam's gluttony, his desire for the apple that he couldn't contain with his wife driving him to eat from it and he acquiescing, being countered by Jesus' fasting in the desert and how that self-control, that self-discipline that the Lord invites us to during the Lenten season is the invitation that we have to leave the things from the world that tie us down to ways that are not the Lord's ways so that we can align ourselves. I wanted to mention in the covenant structure of our salvation, there are then several covenants that God makes with humanity. The first one is with Adam, and he makes a covenant that has to do with a holy couple, man and wife, and they shall join together. He makes that first covenant to that spousal union. The reading from today in the Old Testament comes from Genesis 9, and it's Noah's struggle with the storm and the flood. And that's the second covenant that God makes. And this is a covenant with a holy family, a family that is willing to align itself with the ways of the Lord and is saved from devastation. And God makes the covenant of the rainbow saying, I will not send a flood that will destroy the, the world. The next covenant is Abraham's covenant, and that is with a holy tribe. And it has three three parts. The first one, God promises land in Genesis 15. The second, God promises a kingdom in Genesis 17. And the third, God promises worldwide blessing in Genesis 22nd, 15, 17, and 22nd verses, uh, the chapters in the Bible. And how are these promises fulfilled? The first one is in the next covenant, where we go from 
holy couple in Adam, to holy family in Noah, to holy tribe in Adam. And now we have a holy nation with Moses in the book of Exodus. That is the promise that gets fulfilled from Abraham. The next one about a kingdom is fulfilled with David. David gets the kingdom, and that story is told in second book of Samuel 7. And the third promise is fulfilled in the covenant of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is told in Mark 14. This is an important structure to understand also why we fast for 40 days, why Lent lasts for 40 days. 40 is a very important number in the Bible. Let us dive a little deeper into the perfection that it implies and why it's used so much in the Bible. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram under the inner room emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.